This is a song called Plush. And I feel the time's a waste to go. So where are you going to tomorrow? And I see that these are lives to come. Would you even care? And I feel it. And I feel it. Where found And I feel and I feel when the dogs begin to smell her Well she smell Depends on the weather. So is it raining in your bedroom? And I see these are the eyes of disarray. Would you even care? And I feel and I feel when the dogs begin to smell her. Well, she smell alone. When the dogs you find her, got some time to wait for tomorrow to find it. To find it, to find it When the dogs you find her Got some time to wait for tomorrow To find it, to find it, to find it Welcome to the Situation Report. Monday, October, or Monday, February 19th, 2024. But it's been a day. 
That's uh, Stone Temple Pilots. That's the acoustic version of the song Plush, which I think is the best version of it. And uh, just seemed uh, appropriate today since everything's such a shit show today. Amazing how just a few days changes the landscape. So bunch of bunch of different things are going on. So I saw a post this afternoon, which I've been verified about a British ship being sunk, a cargo ship being sunk by the Houthis. Uh, heard about a, a Reaper going down. Saw a couple of posts about another ship. Not sure which one is. Um, we're not, you know, not sure which is real right now. So that brings me to the point of, I, I continually get asked, what do I think is real? Who do I think is controlled? I'll just put it this way. I assume everything is BS until I can prove it's true. I assume that everybody's compromised until they prove themselves otherwise. And you can look, you can be controlled asset for the good guys, controlled asset for the bad guys. There's more than one way to skin that cat. And this is who I consider the good guys. The good guys are the guys that don't have a seat at the table with this communist new world order. That They're not necessarily good guys, but they're fighting to disrupt that and stop that from happening. It doesn't make them, doesn't make them good. But in this case, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, so to speak. And I think of everybody compromised in some way, shape, or form. If you watched the the Tucker Carlson interview with uh, Mike Benz, what you're seeing is a series of disclosures around the apparatus that they put together. And I had this long discussion yesterday with, with one of my admins. And the interesting part of the conversation is that I've, and I've had this conversation with several people. Back in January, I said, you're going to see us back in January of last year. Sorry. I, I said, you'll see a series of disclosures over the next several months around the pedophilia piece, around the Epstein piece, around the apparatus and the system of control. Then you'll see a bunch of disclosures around the technology they use for the apparatus. This apparatus was built after 9-11, and there was a series of data centers that were built for both NSA, CIA, and Amazon had, had the contract, and they didn't have the contract. Get away from that. The U.S. military and the, and the DOD Defense Industrial Complex built massive data centers, massive, all over the USA. And the whole point at the time was to trace terrorist networks. That was the guise of it. But really what that apparatus was put in place for was to monitor Americans. And the way it works is they track your phone. They buy your location and they set up a track of your phone. They track literally every single person that you interact with where you travel to, where you shop at, when you shop, they track everything to include affiliates of the people that you interact with. So the friends of the friends that you interact with. And they've 
they've rolled that up into this apparatus for censorship now, and they've built this massive apparatus for censorship. And again, all of this started with Obama, all of it, the censorship, the, the propaganda, all of it started with Obama, but Obama didn't pass the laws. Congress passed the laws allowing this to happen. Congress was the one that extended the Patriot Act. Congress is the one that allowed and didn't fix any of our immigration laws and allowed this immigration to happen. It's not just Mayorkas. Everybody wants to blame one person. This apparatus was built long ago, and all these career politicians, every single one of them voted for the Patriot Act back in 2001. And ever since then, they have voted for every subsequent piece of legislation that allows the government to monitor you and all of your affiliated people right down to the time of day that you communicate. None of this is new. The, the apparatus was built long ago, and now it's being leveraged directly against the American people. When Obama came to office, he replaced everybody that was in a senior executive position, expanded the senior executive position roles, and then put in key people that were communists into each one of them. And John Brennan had a, had a piece of that sorted, Hayden and Clapper. The reason why they're all scared right now of Trump, the reason why they're all, they're all crewing about Trump is that they know they are going to prison if he comes back to office. It's not just because of Trump. It's because of everybody in Trump's orbit that was affected by the deep state, to include Roger Stone. As much of a douchebag as Roger Stone is, he still wants some payback, too. And I can tell you, if I was in their shoes and I was persecuted like Peter Navarro, you can bet your ass I'd want some payback. I'd want to put Trump back in office, and then I would want to break it off in their ass as soon as I could. And I would start with Chris Ray. That guy needs to go to prison for treason, along with all of his deputies, all of his section chiefs, all the way down to the janitor at the FBI needs to go to prison for treason for what they've done for the January 6th stuff. But that's a side note, considering the fact that Mike Benz outlines the entire censorship apparatus that was started under Hillary Clinton's secretary under her secretary of state tenure by folks at state and they didn't delegate it to state because state doesn't have the authority but dhs does and if you go back to 2001 when they created the office of dni the director of national intelligence the dni was supposed to bring in all the intelligence agencies under one umbrella really all it did was consolidate power under one umbrella and it allowed them to pass subsequent laws to delegate authority to the DNI that normally would not go to the intelligence apparatus. It was just another, another one of those, um, another one of those um, laws that was passed. Another one of those delegation of authorities that is completely, um, anyway, it, it's completely corrupt, and they did it anyway. And they created the DNI, and the DNI was touted as ineffective, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of like the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. If you've never under, if you never heard of that before, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and all the the uh, you know communist elitist 
um, Prixeter in D.C., came up with the CFPB. And what the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau was supposed to do was protect, protect consumers. But really what it is, it's, it's an agency that was created with zero oversight and zero accountability. And what it really does is it goes around and leverages all these companies to follow the social narrative that the elite want them to follow. You wonder how these companies like Bud Light and some of these others go woke? It's because of the CFPB. They have power to go after a business and basically hold back loans, hold back, hold back any kind of financing, manipulate the stock, you name it. They, they gave them car blanche to go after businesses under the guise of consumer finance protection, which is a bunch of BS. So all of that apparatus was built during the Obama administration and now it's being leveraged against Americans. And it's it's about time, it's one of those disclosures I knew was coming because they have to outline the system of control. Then they have to outline who's the targets of the system of control. And then all of the apparatus that goes along with that and the people and the malfeasance that went along with that to make that happen, which is one of the disclosures that happened this week regarding the letter from Obama and Brennan to Five Eyes to get MI6 to spy on the Trump campaign. That's a massive disclosure. It's treason is what it is. And the... Uh, the whole premise behind releasing that is a bigger release that's coming down the road. And, I, and I'm convinced that there's going to be more and more released that's going to be more and more damning. And the whole point of it is to sway public opinion. But again, this is where the five generation, fifth generation warfare falls short. That whole, that whole book, I read through the whole book and look, what they miss is the cultural narrative. In order to turn the Titanic, you've got to have a bigger rudder, meaning you have to deal with the mainstream media. You have to deal with that before you can get the message out. They still have a lot of reach. And them moving Twitter to a freer platform, regardless of the length of time, them moving Twitter to a freer platform gave them the ability to reach millions and millions of people without any censorship. And that's why these disclosures are happening now. What I can't reconcile is why, why Elon Musk was able to do that in a public forum and, and acquire Twitter in a public forum without going to prison. So there's a, there's a lot of pieces to it, but where I'm going with this is that there's a lot of disclosures that haven't happened yet that I think are coming. And I think those disclosures will get more and more damning because they needed a platform they needed the reach to be able to reach people around the world without any oversight or any interdiction by the intelligence agencies. And if Twitter is that pick platform, and, and tr let me just say this out loud. I don't trust Elon Musk. I think the guy's a sociopath. I think he is, I think he is, he's not what he seems. And I don't trust him any farther than I can throw him. But that said, this would answer the question of controlling the media and controlling the cultural narrative by shifting Twitter to a freer platform. However, comma, at some point, the other side 
The enemy gets a vote. And when the enemy gets a vote, they're going to shut down Twitter. Or they're going to shut down Rumble. Or they're going to shut down all of them. I think they're going to go after all of them. So um, I think the disclosures are coming. I think they're coming out because of Twitter. I think there's a lot of people didn't have a voice now that have a voice. I think Tucker Carlson was positioned to be the voice of reason and the voice of the right because of his role at Fox News and because of the fact that he's generally trustworthy. And if you start looking at the way they placed the pieces, it could never have been Alex Jones because he's too polarizing. It couldn't have been Elon Musk. He's too polarizing. It couldn't have been anybody else but Tucker, which explains why Tucker has the reach he does because he's getting promoted. And that video he did where he interviewed Putin, that thing has over almost 300 million views on it now. That's an amazing amount of people around the world. And it means that that's getting more and more reach as the days go by, which means all his other videos are getting more and more reach. And the, the more people that, that watch this stuff, and, and especially the Mike Benz, you know, censorship piece, the more people that watch that, right, left, doesn't matter, the more awareness you get, the more it disrupts their operations. And you're already hearing a groundswell of people talking about how do we tip over their censorship programs and go around it. You have lots of people that are talking about countermeasures and camouflage on other media social media platforms are talking about the same thing now. They're talking about creating programs and chat and coordination programs that have no oversight and absolutely no, um, no influence or centralization by the intelligence agencies. And you're talking, you're hearing about more decentralized application, like Mines is a decentralized application now. And that's where you're seeing the rest of the world go to away from these centralized control grids like Google and some of the others. But that that doesn't stop the legacy social media and legacy media from still controlling the narratives and the audiences they have. And they've been highly effective at it. So all of those things will play a factor in the coming disclosures. But I think there are more disclosures coming. And I think the next one's going to be that um, Big Mike is a dude. I think that's coming because there was a there was a post on Twitter today that uh, I think it was Daily Mail that said that um, Michelle Obama is number three in the uh, in the bookies um, betting scales in Vegas right now to be president which is probably BS, but suffice it to say that that should tell you a lot. And the disclosure around Brennan and Obama was to take him off the board and uh, th expect the same thing when they announce that Michelle Obama will be the next, the next nominee. And they'll do it. They will do it at the convention if they get that far. I still don't think we're going to get that far. To be perfectly honest, I think that there's going to be some kind of an event before then that will disrupt everything because I don't think they can afford to do any kind of an election without mass unrest, civil unrest. So that that's that's the first piece of this. The other piece of this is um, these there's. They've teed up the Courage to Serve Act, 
which is the, which is the legislation I talked about almost two years ago that they're going to legalize putting non-American citizens into uniform. And they're trying to they're trying to pass. It's called the Courage to Serve Act. It was announced today. And I told you it was coming. They have to have an army. Now, remember, even when they pass it, they still got to get people in uniform. I assume they already have people in uniform. I assume they've already been recruiting and training. And they've probably been recruiting and training at CIA camps around the U.S. And they've probably been doing it right under our noses. And they probably have an army ready to go. And they're probably just waiting for this legislation to get signed so they can swear them all in and give them uniforms. But I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. The moment that I see or hear anybody in uniform that has tattoos on their neck and doesn't speak English, I guarantee you that will be the start of the Civil War for me. And I don't care if I live, die, or whatever. I am not going to allow non-U.S. citizens to brutalize American citizens. That will never fucking happen on my watch. And that's where this is leading. If you think these guys are going to be sent over to Ukraine or over to fight China, you are sorely mistaken. They will send every American soldier they can muster that speaks English overseas so that they can have these dipshits here to go after law-abiding citizens. Let that burn into your soul because that's exactly how this game is played. This is what... This is what communist China wants, and this is what the Davos crowd wants. And the best thing we can do for ourselves is to shout out as loud as we can every time we see this. And I think Colonel Lawrence Sellen said it the best. We need to out and we need to dox every single communist organization, every single piece of legislation, every single senator, congressman, state representative supervisor doesn't matter anybody that's supporting communist china like yesterday or last week san francisco swore in an election official that's not a u.s citizen oddly enough it's a chinese citizen that is that is treason bar none treason that they allowed that to happen in san francisco and they put a communist chinese sympathizer no less on the election committee that is that is blatant tampering with elections. Blatant. And this person has absolutely no loyalty to the U.S. Constitution. Why would anybody think that's a good idea? But that's San Francisco. And there's a reason why they've turned all these blue cities into complete shitholes. They want to drive everybody out, and then they want to bring in communist-friendly businesses and communist-friendly organizations and give them a bunch of tax breaks and let them thrive in these cities. Well, we'll see how that goes and works out for them. I don't think it will. I think we're not, look, let me be very clear. Their plan is not going to work. This chaos is not going to work. It's, it, again, I keep saying, and I had this conversation yesterday, this is part of the conversation. The question I keep asking is what is the catalyst that's going to that's going to make people pick up arms. I thought it was them going after the Second Amendment. California passed a bunch of laws that were unconstitutional. Nobody did a thing. 
I thought it would be November 8th when they stole the election here in Arizona. Nobody lifted a finger. And I'm, I'm, I'm literally out of ideas on what it is that's going to get people off their ass. I thought it would have happened already, but it, it just literally just hasn't. So there is there are some things coming down the pike. Now, one of my admins told me that in April, uh, Pima County is going to cut funding for a lot of the housing for these migrants coming in, which means a lot of them are going to be on the street. I have a feeling that part of this process and part of Pinal, because remember, if Pinal County is doing it, then it means that other liberal counties and other liberal states are cutting funding all at once. Remember, the, the, the left moves all as a unit. They don't move independently. They're not like the right, right? They don't, they don't move independently. They all move together. So I'm assuming that they're all going to cut all of these services all at the same time across the U.S. This is one of the scenarios we talked about in the roundtable with Matt. And his point was valid. Once they cut funding and you've brought in all these base, lack of a better word, savages, then guess what? You have a basis for conflict. And they need a basis for conflict to justify martial law. What a better way to do it than import a bunch of people, take away all their benefits, piss them off, and let them go ape shit in major cities. Sounds kind of like Chaz, doesn't it? An autonomous zone that's set up by a bunch of immigrants? Mm, go figure. That's how this works. And I'm I'm actually uh, I'm actually waiting for that to happen. Literally waiting for that to happen. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But I think the chaos that they're looking for, because I I said over a year ago that Antifa and BLM they evaporated after after the first go round with the Floyd riots. And they did that because they were all paid actors. And those $15, $20 million houses that they all bought because of the money got from Act Blue, those were all payoffs. They laundered money through Act Blue and they paid off all the actors. And then they all went to the wind. Now they need people that are not just motivated, but people that don't have anything to lose. They have to up the ante this time. And that's that's why it would make a lot of sense for them. And this is, again, this isn't most dangerous enemy course of action. This is most likely that they cut the funding and they let the cards start to tip in the balance of chaos. And then they step in with a national national police force and this this courage to serve act. You, you watch. That's how they're going to play it out, because that's how the game's played. They want us to willingly sign up for this. Well, we've created the problem with all these immigrants, so we'll solve it by creating a national police force that has carte blanche over every single precinct, every single police force in the nation. And they've they've been going around since 2020 and signing agreements with the counties and with these the police departments. What do you think that's all about? They've been expanding the Capitol Police. They want a national police force. Does that sound like the Gestapo? Does that sound like the Chinese National Police Force? Does that sound like Stasi? 
It should because that's what that's what the game is. And at the same time, all that's going on, the financial system is crumbling as we speak. All of this is going to hit right around the same time. And we're not that far away from it. I'm, I'm, March is going to be a very busy month. And then there's the whole disease X out there. I'm less worried about that. I'm more worried about some kind of a nuclear explosion in one of our cities that they try and blame on Russia. They've already started the rhetoric that Russia's going to nuke DC and other towns if if we intervene in the war. Guess what? They already know we're there. We already have troops on the ground. I saw a video from a fucking medic on the ground in Ukraine speaking English about the conflict going on and how our guys were taking casualties. And look, let me be perfectly clear. I don't give a flying fuck if that's a volunteer that was dumb enough to go over there and didn't be a medic. I don't care. The fact that there's American-speaking troops on the ground doesn't matter to the Russians. It's Americans on the ground. It doesn't matter what flavor they are. It doesn't matter if you call British regulars or French regulars mercenaries. It doesn't matter. There's still foreign troops and NATO troops on the ground. That's what that means. And at the end of the day, the bigger picture there is Russia's going to take action based on that. And part of Russian doctrine is to use theater nuclear weapons and then follow up with conventional forces. That's their doctrine. Whether they follow through with that or not, that's a whole different that's a whole different situation. But you can see the bigger picture starting to form and the narrative starting to form right now. They're looking for some way, shape, or form to put American troops on the ground. And, you know, I don't, I, I spend my day I spend my day um, usually responding to folks and there's there's so much conversation back and forth now about um, not just the, the current situation, but the uh, how things are going to play out. Look, I don't know how they're going to play out. I'm just watching what's happening. I'm watching the narrative shifts and I'm watching the narratives being built. And that's what I'm that's what I'm pivoting off of. I'm not going off of any of the other conversations because everybody's got an opinion. I'm I, I'm looking at this strictly from how they're shaping the information narratives. And the way they're doing shaping ops right now is they're shaping for some kind of an event that's related to retaliation for either troops on the ground in Ukraine or direct involvement by NATO forces. That's a narrative that our government is spinning right now. The Russians have been fairly silent about it. Our government has been fairly vocal about it, which tells me that it is, that that's the next order battle. So th you're seeing all this stuff converge all at the same time. And Vince Lance has been posting stuff about CRE crisis. He's been talking about, and his name is VBL's ghost. Um, at uh, and his his screen name is at I'll put it I'm just gonna put it in the chat. 
His screen name is pretty interesting because he is uh, Vince Lance is on Luongo show quite a bit. I suggest you actually listen to him because he knows he knows the markets. He's a he's a gold guy, and he's watching the markets. So I just put it in the comments section. That's his screen name on Twitter. Uh, go listen to his his analysis. He's been talking Bitcoin and everything else. He's been talking about the re, the the markets are imploding, and the bank bailouts are not working. So you can see that the narrative is shifting there. But they're not talking about the financial system right now. They're saying everything is awesome. It's not. So let me respond to some of the stuff in the chat because there's a lot of stuff. So I don't follow. Um, let me get back up here. And you guys have been busy in chat. Yeah, I don't follow Townsend Watkins. I, I, she follows me on True Social and I follow her on True Social. But I, I don't pay attention to her posts very often. Um, she does do the Colonel's Corner, um, and, uh, she, uh, she's been doing that for a couple of years. I, I actually don't know her. I haven't talked to her. Uh, we just follow each other. Um, and then the, the photo, yeah, that's the Bronco I have in my garage. It's a 76. Um, I, I needed something different besides my airplane. That was, uh, it's getting old next week, actually. Starting Wednesday night, I'll be on camera in my shop. I've been getting my shop squared away so I can be on camera. So you can actually see my face while I'm talking. See my disdain when I see something that uh, gets under my skin. Um, a couple of a couple other things, too. So um, from an administration administrative perspective, I've stepped back from the the Telegram channel, and I've I've let my admins run the channel. I just don't have time to be in there doing the admin work, doing the, you know, I post stuff in the main channel. Every so often I'll go in and respond in the in the chat channel, but I don't I don't have a lot of time to spend in there. And um, the guys from the Big Mick, by the way, shout out to Rich for for the help with the sponsorships. He he thinks I should get an assistant and the sponsors. So I'm, I'm wading through that. Here's my problem with that. And I, I, I go back and forth on it. Part of me doesn't want to do any kind of sponsorship because I don't want to taint the channel. But the other side of that is uh, it's getting to the point with all of the, the media pieces that I, that I pay for, the channels that I pay for, the, the video equipment. It's getting to the point where I need to offset some of those costs. So that's where that's where the consideration point comes in, and I I understand why um, channels get get sponsors. That's that's a big part of it. I'm really interested in just offsetting some of the costs, and then the other piece is we have um, come up with uh, t-shirt designs. A, a good friend of mine sent me a bunch of designs based off of my my company logo, and uh, it actually turned out to be kind of cool um and i posted the proofs to the telegram channel the uh the shirts are actually i'm having a, a trial run done right now just to see what they look like and then i'll have to figure out with troop how to get them on his on his uh troopercarenetwork.com website um and then we'll figure out how to get them get them retail and get them ordered but uh, that's where that's at. We actually have a design now. And it turned out actually pretty cool. 
Um, the uh, If you look up in the right corner, that's the logo. So that's what it looks like. It actually looks like that on the shirt. Um, we're doing a, a navy blue with gold print right now. So it'll be a gold eagle with gold print. And, uh, and on the right shoulder, it says non tamibo malum, which is fear no evil in Latin. So that's that's also on the coin. So we're getting we're getting close to getting some of this stuff rolled out to support troops nonprofit. So a lot going on. Anyway, um, that's uh, that's a big part of the administrative notes. It's uh, pretty amazing how fast you can go through all this stuff and. Um, the other thing is I, I got asked a bunch of questions and there was there was one comment that I wanted to read uh, from last week's roundtable that oh wait for Outlook to open takes forever and it was actually it's it's pretty I'm pretty amazed at the the the, the feedback that I get from the channel this was from John Q Plubuck. John Q. Public, uh, from a career uh, health physicist in U.S. commercial nuclear power, the only way to shut down a nuke without operational attention and offsite power is to decommission it. Not something that can be done in a doomsday scenario. When our nukes are shut down for refueling, they must have offsite power piped in, on-site diesel generators are fired up, but only for PMs and emergencies. So Matt's scenario conclusion is correct. We would have to, we would have reactors and spent fuel pools all over the world to be cooking off. And the cooling water and then proceeding to a tremendous temperature spikes followed by meltdowns. Um, subcritical fuel can only be maintained with adequate cooling. Once the fuel melt uh, glob achieves supercritical criticality, boom. The spent fuel that is stored in dry casks, steel, and concrete containers designed with sufficient structural integrity and fuel density that doesn't require cooling other natural airflow outside the plant proper uh, would not be an issue for a while. Current regulations require casks evaluated every 40 years. I mean, where the reason why I'm reading that is I, I appreciate not just that comment, but I appreciate when you guys chime in and, and give us give us facts um, because we don't have time to dig down and deep. And look, I was very very candid on the show last week. I'm not I'm not an expert in nuclear power. I understand how the nuke business works from the from the ICBM world and from the space world, but I don't understand anything about the power business. And I appreciate the fact that somebody took the time to spell that out. So John Q. Public, shout out to you. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. That's good stuff. And uh, the the other thing to keep in mind is that there's going to be topics that we discuss where we're giving our, our best guess and our opinion. But there's going to be topics that none of us are experts in. And what we're going through and what we discuss every usually every Wednesday, and the reason why I wanted to get to threat last week, especially on Wednesday, was Matt. And again, I recommend everybody go watch the two interviews he did on Coffee and a Mic because Matt outlines in very good detail the enemy's most likely and most dangerous course of action. And Colonel Conrad will tell you on Wednesday, because I'm going to give him a chance to talk about this as a brigade uh, division planner. As a division planner, 
especially division planner with his intelligence background, you always look at the enemy's most likely and most dangerous courses of action when you're doing any planning. And that's what we're all looking at right now. You have a troop that does the threat analyst for, for that's his, his profession. Then you have, you have Conrad, who is division-level planner. I did all the information warfare stuff. And then you've got Colonel Johnson, the air guy, can talk about the air game. And then Matt's, Matt's written book and done deep research on a lot of these different topics, and he's a student of history, which is what I suggest all of you become, the students of history, because we're seeing a lot of these things play out. In fact, it's amazing to me how much history has played out every single day in different formats. Yesterday, they published a picture, and I cannot remember who published it, but there was a story, and I think it was on, uh, I think it was on, he was a Politico or one of the others, where they were a picture of this female, and they're like, meet the, meet the lethal sniper, the Ukrainian lethal sniper of either Bakhmut or Adavinka or what it pick a pick a flavor. I can tell you exactly what that is. That is a replay of the sniper from Stalingrad in World War II. And then we go watch Enemy at the Gates. You will see exactly that story played out on screen and then you can go read it. And I guarantee you this story will mirror that. And it's because they think you're stupid. They think you're not a student of history. They think that you don't, you don't pay attention to history and you don't make the correlations. But they're literally ripping off World War II combat stories and turning them into Ukraine propaganda. That's exactly what this is. And we're seeing this play out. And that's part of the reason why when Matt's on these, on these other uh, interviews, he's got some very good salient points. That's why I wanted him to talk about what he talked about in his first interview on Coffee and a Mic, because he outlined the threat and he called it uh, genocyop. And it's uh, it's basically um, a psyop to let you, to, to walk you into killing our own race. And that's literally what they, the elite need us to willingly sign up for their control grid and willingly sign up for their central bank currency, willingly sign up for all of their control measures it makes that's what they're hoping for and by leveraging history that most people don't don't even know in the first place they're able to replay the same series of events over and over again right definition of crazy replaying the same series of events expecting a different outcome it's exactly what we're seeing this information game is, has been played on the uh, on the world population over and over and over and over and over again, and people people aren't students of history. So Matt brings that to the table, and and we we look at that. And look, the other thing I don't do is I don't give these times these guys time to prepare. I don't send a list of topics to them and say go get prepared for these topics. Because I, I want them to think off the cuff. I want them to talk about the current situation as they see it and, and base their response on their backgrounds and not talk about the current situation and what they want it to be. And 
the problem is with a lot of these these roundtables now that I'm seeing pop up everywhere, which I think is the other interesting thing is I'll talk about something on the sit rep and like a week later, everybody else is talking about it. I start hearing the same talking points on different shows. And uh, my, my admin last night told me that uh, Napolitano's show, here's Doug McGregor talking about my stuff, which cracks me up. But it is what it is. So anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is we had, we as a group look at things from the perspective of most likely and most dangerous enemy course of action. And the reason why we talked about threat last week was to lead into the conversation about what do we want this country to look like on the other side of this? What do we want our nation to be once we recover from this? Because we can talk about kinetic all day long, that the fight's going to develop the way the fight develops. The thing that we as a country need to start doing now is rallying behind what we want this country to look like on the other side. What ethos, what laws, what morals, what, you know, what different neology and, and idioms do we want in our culture that are acceptable? Because this time we have to spell all of that out and we have to make it black and white so that the next generations that come after us know exactly what our ethos are. The way we got corrupted and the way this happened was we allowed mainstream media the intelligence agencies and the defense industrial complex, the ability to manipulate our belief system into accepting criminality. We can never allow that to happen again, not in our lifetimes. And then the other thing that we have to deal with now is we have to deal with this child trafficking and child exploitation. We have to deal with human trafficking and slavery. We have, to, we have to eradicate it once and for all. And we have to eradicate any acceptance of that behavior. And you're seeing it's a full court press now. You're seeing a full court press in all the media to accept pedophilia. We can never accept pedophilia in any way, shape, or form because it is way too harmful for children. Look at, look at Virginia Guthrie. She had to get over being literally passed around by the elite as a teenager. And then as an adult, she was basically thrown to, thrown to the curb. And now she's brought suit against the people that perpetrated this and risked her own life to go after these people to bring awareness to the rest of the world. But she's never going to be right. She's never going to be in a position where she feels like she's whole, a good portion of her adolescence was taken away from her. Imagine a kid that's five or six years old that's being raped repeatedly by somebody like Chuck Schumer or somebody like Bill Clinton. They have no voice, no recourse, no ability to defend themselves. There's no way to make that okay. There's no way to make that legal. There's no way to make that acceptable under any moral compass. We have to eradicate that. At the same time we're dealing with that, we're going to have to deal with all this vaccine injuries and what's been done with these vaccines and unwind that. We have a mountain of things ahead of us. 
And that's why now is the time for us to start painting a picture that the rest of the world can get behind. This is the planet we want to live on. These are the ethos that we want universally accepted across the planet. These are the things that every culture will adopt unequivocally. Because this is not just a U.S. problem. This is a this is a worldwide problem. And every single bit of it needs to be tied back to our ethos. And look, WC, I, I could say that all all day long that we need to we need to have biblical roots. But we have how many different religions in this country? At least six that I know of, major religions. You're going to tell everybody they got to stop being Muslims? Yeah, that's not going to go well. And look, we have a lot of peaceful Muslims in this country. And they've been here for generations. We can't just all of a sudden say everybody's going to be a Christian. It doesn't work that way. We have to build ethos outside of religion and then reinforce it with religion. And that's going to take a Herculean effort to do. As much as I would love to say... We're gonna we're gonna get back to 1776, where everything's based on the on the, the Christian Bible. I, I can't say that. We're in a different world now. And look, I would love to be able to to say that's how it should look, but does does just doesn't work that way. And I'm I'm open minded enough to realize that there's a lot of different groups here now that are going to be beneficial to the U.S that have been here for generations. One thing we are going to do is we are we are going to expel every Chinese communist that is promoting the Chinese Communist Party first order of business. They all go. And I don't care how they go. In fact, if it was up to me, I'd put them on I'd put them on ships and send them home and just be done with it. But we're going to have to use plane trains and automobiles to get them back to where they've come from, but they all have to go. If you are loyal to the CCP, you don't stay. I don't care if you're an American citizen or not. If you're loyal to the Chinese Communist Party, you don't stay here. You lose your citizenship and you get the fuck out. End of story, full stop. So we have a lot of work ahead of us, but it first starts with crafting a vision of we want, what we want the country to look like. You know, Rick Bossy put together um, Australia One and had a bunch of principles in Australia One. I like the idea of that. I just don't, I, I, it can't be so prescriptive. That you can't get people to see the big picture. People have to see the vision and have to understand the vision statement to get along with it. And it's going to be very hard to get people to agree. But it, it it's the situation we're in. Those are the cards we've been dealt. As far as the uh, as far as the situation on the ground, I don't know how it's going to develop. And I know I'm not going to I'm not going to sit and try and come up with a hundred different ways for this to happen. The way. The way I see things developing is that a lot of things happen all at once. The financial collapse, logistical collapse, et cetera. You've heard me say ad nauseum. I'm not really planning on that. I'm just planning on being ready. And I'm as ready as I possibly can be. So 
and and Paul, it's not a bullet sandwich. It's it's lettucillin. Yeah, it's an antibiotic. That's that's the new word for it, lettucillin. Okay, uh, last topic, and then I got to wrap it up because I got a kid that's stuck at an airport in California. Um, I want to talk through the the Wednesday show because I I have a open invitation for a number of different people. We're finally at the point now where I have enough lieutenant colonels and a couple, and I'm vetting a couple of 06s right now, sorry, full colonels, um, to do a round table every week with different players to have a schedule. And uh, over the next several weeks, it'll probably take us four to six weeks to get it all set up. Over the next four to six weeks, I'll have a lineup from week to week and get commitments from everybody on, on which shows they're going to be on. I've kept it loose so far, mainly to accommodate Matt's schedule, to accommodate on Carl Conrad's schedule. But with all these extra, uh, all these new people that are coming out of the woodwork. And by the way, if if you know colonels, lieutenant colonels that um, that have backgrounds you think would be good for the show, throw them in front of us and let us vet them out. If they fit with the show, if they fit with the, with the conversation, we'll, we'll have them on. The whole point of this is to get a diverse set of backgrounds so that you you have a, a number of different uh, military folks analyzing the current situation. That's, that's the intent of this. And I have to thank uh, Mass Sergeant Jack Donna for the idea of doing this. He was the one that originally proposed it. And at first I was against it, um, but it's turned out to be a good thing. And evidently there's a lot of people doing it now, which is interesting too. So. But suffice it to say that that's that's where we're going with the with the roundtable, and the roundtable will be every week, um, barring holidays, every week Wednesday at uh, um, at uh, five o'clock Arizona races time, or four p.m. Pacific, seven p.m. Eastern. So Chris Miller, I've tried to get Chris Miller. Uh, good luck with that. He's a busy dude. He's a national level player. He's 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 got a nonprofit. I'm not sure what he's working on, but uh, Chris Miller's hard to get hold. Brad Miller, I don't know him. Um, I, he's he's the guy that started um, the uh, the petition. I'd love to get him on the show. I don't know if he'll do a roundtable, but I'd love to get him on the show. Um, there's there is a. Uh, there's a number of them that I've that I've already reached out to, um, including I've reached out to Doug McGregor too. But I think I'm, to be honest, I think I'm too raw for Doug McGregor. So, and he's pretty busy doing the Politano show. And and I look, I don't want the beat of show the show to be about Ukraine all the time, 24/7 Ukraine. Um, so, yeah, I'd have I've had I I would have Keshel back on Paul. Um, I haven't had comms with him in a, in a couple of months. He's He's busy in the uh, the Connell Red Group doing analysis of the election, and I, I'm I'm kind of hesitant to pull him away from that and put him on the uh, put him on the round table, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely have him back. Um, there's a few others I'd like to have too, but uh, it's just a matter of getting him on there. So yeah, I know Jordan told me about General Quast. I, I'm I'm not opposed to it, but here's what I found with general officers. Uh, 
Uh, I've approached two general officers that I know um, very well personally, and both of them have declined to be on. Quask may do it, um, but uh, I'll ask Jordan if Jordan can put me in front of him. That's easy. So the the uh, the way to to throw these folks in the in front of us is put them in the uh, the chat on Telegram. That's the best way because the admins will see it and forward it to the admin channel, and then I'll see it. That's the best way to do it. Um, <clears throat> hate to cut this short, folks, but I've my kid keeps calling me and I need to take this call. Um, I will say I'll be back on Wednesday. Uh, I'll be back for the for the roundtable, and we'll be talking about the current situation because I'm sure by Wednesday the situation with these ships being sunk will develop as well as the situation on the ground. Uh, the last thing I wanted to address very quickly though is this Navali. Um, this th this guy was a Nazi. He's on film. This film's been out for a long time. This is just noise. This guy, this guy is, he's, he's just noise. There's literally nothing that this guy's, that this guy did that is remarkable in any way, shape, or form. It's just noise. I think it's just distraction. So don't pay attention to it. I mean, there's nothing that's going to come out of that. The thing to pay attention to right now is what's going on in northern Israel. What's going on in Ukraine? What's going on with disclosure? What's going on with the, the vaccine disclosures? Those four are the constants. And then, as always, don't get wrapped up in the fear. Stay focused. Stay focused on meeting people and making human connections right now. And lose the fear. There's nothing to be scared of. And as always, be as prepared as you can be. God bless everyone. One team, one fight.